Good morning. Good to see everybody out this morning. We'll go ahead and get the service started. Uh, Brother Chris Lauer, would you start off the service? Father God, Lord, thank you for this morning. You've given us another crisp morning to come and worship you. Now, I pray that you be with the man of God that he stands up, Lord, that you speak the words that you have in your word and heart and not actually action to action words that you speak. I pray that you be with us, protect us, and bless us throughout the rest of the day. All that you do. We'll all stand, page 329. Oh, man. 
how I have prayed, but no answer came. My days turned to weeks, my grief turned to pain, and I cried, Lord, it seemed that you haven't heard my prayer. Oh, but God said I heard the first time you called, but Satan tried to block your answer and stall. Reinforcements been made, Satan's had to withdraw. There's power in prayer. There's power in
same I'm a prodigal
let's do that chorus one more time here. I like this chilly morning this morning. Yeah, uh, I think fall's fi uh, finally trying to get here. Uh, my wife's wanting to turn the heat on, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Too early. Uh, I got a couple of announcements. Uh, right after service uh, today, uh, we want to have a uh, church-wide meeting. Uh, so please, everybody, um, hang around right after service. Uh, uh, we'll have a quick meeting. On October the 22nd, so the ladies' meeting uh, after the morning service, uh, to put the prayer journals together. Uh, so y'all are going to eat lunch over there and um, uh, put those journals together. Uh, October the 28th, uh, Happy Pilgrim's Dinner, hosted by the Hayfleys at 6 p.m. Uh, over here in the Fellowship Hall, right? I was going to send them off to your house, but I don't think you'd want that, do you? You want that? <laughs> nah, be, come over to the Fellowship on the 28th at 6 o'clock. Uh, sounds like we're going to have a lot of good food. Uh, for the Happy Pilgrims. Uh, November the 4th, got our office, officer's banquet, if I can get it out. Uh, so if you're an officer, uh, the, the church is uh, treating you to a, a dinner. Uh, if you're not an officer, you got to pay for your own, but uh, come on out. Uh, more of the merrier, we'll have a, a good fellowship. 
Uh, haven't really got a place yet, right? I've got a place yet, or we're still still at Smith House, unless uh, somebody else uh, recommends something. Uh, let's see. And um, Janet wants the youth next Sunday, right after church, to have a uh, uh, youth choir practice. So please remember that. Thank you. Yes.
Thank you. Good morning. Good to be here. It's, fall is here, isn't it? I enjoyed the cool weather this morning. I had to put on the seat heat. Haven't done that for a good while. My church had a work day yesterday. First time I've been able to go to one of those in a long time. It was an outside work day, trimming bushes and some trees, and I got winded two or three times, but I made it through. Praise the Lord for your prayers. The 23rd of this month, I go back to Emory for uh, BCG treatments for six weeks. I call it chemo light. So for six weeks, they're going to do that and then go back in with the scope and see if I'm still cancer-free. But I praise the Lord I am and do better. Appreciate your prayers. We've been praying for your church. Every Wednesday, we have a special prayer time, and I call your name out and ask you to have wisdom to, for your preacher. Whoever you get to pastor ought to be able to preach after a song service like that. Amen. I enjoyed the singing. Turn with me, if you would, to Numbers chapter 21. Numbers chapter 21. Should be a familiar portion of scripture to most. The brazen serpent. A lot's happened before we get to that chapter. Uh, they have the Passover for the second time. Silver trumpets were introduced to give signals for meeting, for picking up camp. God was moving them. Miriam and Aram speak out against God, and Miriam is stricken with leprosy. And they don't go anywhere until Miriam gets right. They had some men rebel against God, and the earth opened up, and about 15,000 were consumed in that previous chapter. Uh, Aaron's priesthood is settled by a budding dead stick. Miriam and Aaron both die in chapter 20. Bring us to chapter 21. Let me start with verse 1 of Numbers 21. And when King Ardad, the Canaanite, which dwelt in the south, heard tell that Israel came by the way of the spies, then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. And Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou wilt indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered, them up, delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities, and he called the name of the place Hormah. Verse 4, And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Father in heaven, we ask you to help us today as we look into the scriptures. Help us to see what Israel did here. Help us not to fall into the same mistake that they made. I ask God that you help us to glean from the word of God. May the Holy Spirit be real to us. May we be obedient unto him. And Lord, we'll just thank you and praise you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. The devil has a lot of tools in his toolbox. And one of the most used tools against believers is discouragement. If he can get us discouraged, he can ruin our day, ruin our life, ruin our ministry. The people were much discouraged because of the way. Now, why is that? Back in chapter 20, in verse 14, Moses sent messengers from Kadesh unto the king of Edom. Look at verse 17 of chapter 20. Here's what they said. Let us pass, I pray thee, through thy country. We will not pass through the fields or through the vineyards. Neither will we drink of the water of the wells. We will go by the king's highway. We will not turn to the right hand or to the left until we pass thy borders. Brother Dinsmore, I believe, in his devotion this morning, talked about going straight through, not turning to the right hand or to the left. That ought to be a picture of a Christian going through this world. We're just pilgrims passing through, aren't we? Verse 18. And Edom said unto them, Thou shalt not pass by me, lest I come out against thee with a sword. And the children of Israel said unto him, We will go by the highway, and if I and my cattle drink of thy water, then I will pay for it. That's a message right there. You want to drink of the world's water, there's a price to pay. 
I will only, without doing anything else, go through on my feet. And he said, Thou shalt not go through. And Edom came out against them with much people and with a strong hand. That's why they were discouraged in verse 4, because they had to go around Edom. The journey now got harder and longer. That brings us to the next step. In verse 5, we see Israel's deliberate sin. And the people spake against God and against Moses, Wherefore have you brought us out of Egypt to die in this wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this like bread. So we see Israel's deliberate sin. Because they're discouraged, they spoke out against God, they spoke out against God's man, they spoke out against God's supply. They didn't like that manna. You know what? Every day, manna. When I was working construction years ago, every day I took two bologna sandwiches and a gallon of sweet tea. Now, I read the label, and I still like bologna. <laughs> I had one Friday night, as a matter of fact. Every day, manna, they spoke against God. What a sin. Against God's man, that's also a sin. And against God's supply. The Bible says, with food and raiment, therewith let us be content. Are we happy with what we got? I used a quote the other day that I saw. My wife and I were looking at a Hallmark movie. And they said something that movie, and I, I remember that, and I use it Wednesday night. I teach every Wednesday night at my church. And the quote was, are you happy with your life? Are you happy with your life? Are you content with what you have? Oh, I want what my neighbor's got. I want his boat. My boat's not as big as his. I want his boat. Hmm? Are you happy with your life? They spoke out against God and God's man deliberate sin. That's a tough thing. That leads us to the next point in verse 6. Let's look at that verse. We see Israel's death. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. I want you to get the picture. Here out in the wilderness, the tabernacle's set up. To the east, they have three tribes. To the west, three tribes. To the north, three tribes. Three, Twelve tribes all around the tabernacle. And God sent fiery snakes, poisonous snakes, into the tents, into the area. And people are getting bit. People are suffering. People are dying. The wage of sin is death. Hmm? But that verse is talking about a spiritual death. Here we're talking about a physical death that points to a spiritual death because of sin. Deliberate sin. Israel's death. You can't sin and win. You can't live wrong and die right. Hmm? I want you to get the vivid picture of what's going on here. We're talking about several hundred thousand, maybe a couple million people. I've heard anywhere from three million to five million people in this group. I don't know what it is. We'll get to heaven. We'll find out exactly how much it was. But people are dying. People are suffering and they're dying because of sin, a snake bite. When I was a young man, before I got saved, I used to hunt rattlesnakes in Florida. We sold them to Ross Allen's Reptile Institute in Silver Springs for a dollar a foot. I got more stuff. When I got saved, I quit doing that. But I've handled rattlesnakes. I've milked rattlesnakes. I've seen them bite. I saw a man get in a coma from a bite. I can imagine what's going on in their camp. It didn't say rattlesnakes. It just said fiery serpents. But poisonous snakes... Get that picture. Get that picture. Verse 7. You see Israel's changed direction. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. What a great step in the right direction. They came to the man of God and they said, We have sinned. That's why 1 John 1, 9 is in the book, isn't it? If we confess our sin, he'll forgive us for our sin. But we've got to confess them, don't we? They came to the man of God and said, We have sinned. Look what else it says here. For we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. They name their sin. Aren't you glad you don't have to name your sin when you get saved? 
Hmm? I wouldn't say flesh 29. I couldn't remember all my sin. But we need to confess that we're a sinner before God. We don't have to name all our sins. I'm thankful for that. But they named them. Say, we've spoken against you, God, and we've spoken against God's man. That's a good thing to do. Everything's going the right direction so far. And then they said, pray unto the Lord. Oh, that's the right thing, isn't it? We've got sin on our heart. We need to pray. One of the missed things in most of our churches today is Ephesians 5.18, getting full of the Spirit. But you can't get full of the Spirit if your sins are not confessed. God's not going to fill a dirty vessel. We need to confess our sin and ask God to fill us again and again and again. Pray unto the, unto the Lord. Now here's where they mess up. They start dictating to God's man how to pray. That he take away the serpents from us. It wasn't God's will to take the serpents away. It was God's will to provide a, a cure for the snake bite. It's not God's will to take what happened in Genesis 3 and the fall of man away to reverse what Adam and Eve did. And we all suffer that day. We all have this sin nature because of what they did. We're all born with the sin nature. We just had a new birth in our church down there, a Rest Haven Baptist Church. Precious little baby, Emil. Precious as she is, she's got a sin nature inside that little body. And so do we still. When you get saved, you don't lose it. Hmm? My wife and I first saved. We didn't know anything about the Bible. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't find the book of Ephesians if my life depended on it. We were studying the Bible together, and we'd call my pastor and ask him a question. And one time, we forgot what time it was. It was late. We said, Pastor, I got a question. He said, do you know what time it is? <laughs> my question was, how come when we get saved, we don't lose our sinful nature? He couldn't answer that question. And I can't answer that yet. But it happens to depend on God, doesn't it? It's a daily battle, a conflict between the new nature of the Holy Spirit and the old nature. Pray unto God that he take the serpents from us. It was not God's will to take the serpents away, but to provide cure for the snake bite, to provide redemption through Jesus Christ. And Moses prayed for the people, it says there. Doesn't tell us how he prayed, doesn't give us his prayer, but I like to think he prayed something like this. Lord, we're in a mess down here. People are dying, people are hurting. What do you want us to do? What is your will? That's the best way to pray. What is your will? You got people in your church in a sick list? Mm -hmm. If it's God's will to heal them, heal them. If it's not God's will, you know, I believe that's why some people are in a hospital so they can witness while they're in the hospital that doctor, that technician, to that nurse. I personally believe that. God help us. What do you want us to do? The next verse. God's divine plan. Verse 8. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. Can you imagine the leaders of the tribes that came to Moses and said, We have sinned. Moses prayed. Moses got through praying. He said, All right, men, we need to get the brass together. We're going to melt it down and make a snake. Moses, are you nuts? We've got enough snakes now. We don't need another snake. What are you talking about? Then they correct them and said, Lord, we're in the position we're in because we didn't listen to you the first time. So they got the brass together. He molded it together, made a picture, made a form of the snake that there's biting people, put it upon a pole. It says in that verse, and it shall come to pass. I like it when God says that. That everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. You know, that, that's a different approach to soul winning. You knock on a door and a lady comes to the door and says, ma'am, do you know you've been snake bit? That I get their attention. We've all been snake bit, haven't we? Of the serpent of sin. And there's a cure here. 
provided by Christ on Calvary's cross. And Moses made a serpent of brass. In verse 9, we see Israel's deliverance and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass. In verse 8, it says it shall come to pass. In verse 9, it says it came to pass. If a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. So see the picture. Snakes are coming in. People are dying. People are hurting. They're suffering. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. Hey, we got the cure of the snake bite. It's in the tribe of Reuben, the third row of tents, the next to the last tent. But don't tell everybody just for the select few. Just the elect people know where that's at. Oh, no. It's for the whosoever wills. Huh? Set upon a pole, high and lifted up for everybody to see. Just took one look. The theme song was look and live, my brother live. <laughs> All they had to do is look. In every dispensation, salvation is the same by grace through faith. Hmm? God had Old Testament sacrifices. That was faith to believe that that was a picture of Christ, a coming Redeemer, coming Messiah. And it came to pass that for certain have bitten any man when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Just look and live. I can imagine these two guys both been bit, suffering, hurting. And one says to the other, I'm going to go. I'm going to do what God said. I'm going to go look at that serpent and believe by faith. Oh, don't believe that. That's a bunch of nonsense. How can that help anybody looking at a serpent of brass on a pole? I don't care. I'm going to go look. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to leave God's man and do what he says. And he starts hobbling up to the middle of the camp where this thing is in pain. Lord, I believe your word. I believe your word, Lord. Pain's gone. Pain is gone. Hallelujah. It worked just like God said it would. Just like God said, salvation is so simple. When I got saved, that pastor was dealing with me at my dining room table. He went through the plan of salvation. He said, you want to pray? I said, yes. We got down and prayed. He said, are you saved? I said, no. I'm not saved. It's not that easy. I gave this testimony the last time I preached here. I thought salvation was in a set of scales, and you're good at way the bad. You got in. The bad at way the good. You went to hell. And that's what most of the people in the world believe today. Works. People believe you're heaven by three W's. By water, water baptism. By works, or by a wafer. Hmm? Not any of those. By faith in Jesus Christ. That man came running back. Hey, it works just like God said it was. My pain is gone. My snake bite is over. I've got new life. Some believed. Some didn't believe. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bidden any man when we held the servant of brass he lived what a story now if you look at your bible at verse 10 you might have one of those little paragraph symbols on verse 10 it says it's a new subject new discussion getting ready to start i believe the story verse 10 belongs with the story here and the children of israel set forward and pitched in Obooth. again look at the picture the tabernacle Twelve tribes, snake bites, people are dying, people are suffering, but some are believing. Some are going to the center of camp and looking at that brazen serpent and believe by faith in their cure of the snake bite. Okay? To me, verse 10 is a picture of the rapture of the church. All those that looked and believed and were cured of the snake bite were ready to go. The men that were looking, that assigned to watch the, you know, the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And God moved the cloud. That meant God was moving to a new location. And they had a trumpet signal for that. 
And these two guys sitting there watching what's going on, they might have been snake bit too, hurting. And one looks up. Hey, the cloud's moving. No, not in the middle of all this. Not and he looks up. It is moving. The clouds. And they sounded the trumpet. Hmm? They sounded the signal for those that were alive, those that believed to pick up camp. God was moving them to a new location. To me, verse 10 is a picture of the rapture of the church. All those that looked and believed were ready to go and did go. All those that didn't stayed back and died in the wilderness. Died in the wilderness. What a salvation story. As the brother said, the trumpet could sound today. If it does, are you ready? Not weights and balances. Not water. Not works. Not a wafer. But faith in Jesus Christ. How foolish it must have been to some of those to look a brass snake. What, what, that's no, there's no redemption in that. Oh, that was God's plan for that hour. Hmm? I thought salvation was so simple. I said, no, I'm not saved. Can't be more to it than that. He read Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves, as a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That meant more to me than anything he'd said before. We got down and prayed again the second time. I got in. I'm still in. You can't lose it. You can't give it away. Don't want to lose it. Anybody here want to go back to the old life? Oh, it's a strong word in the Bible. If you do, you're a fool. It's a strong word in the Word of God. Oh, I'm happy with the life God's given me. Amen? You sang a song a while ago, Not Ashamed. Hmm? Not ashamed to put a bumper sticker on your, on your bumper? Not ashamed to pray in a restaurant out loud? Hmm? Not ashamed to turn from off-color off jokes or stories that going on in the workplace or school? Not ashamed of the Lord. There's a church in uh, Lawrenceville, Crossroads Baptist Church. Many years ago, they came out with a bumper sticker that says, Not ashamed. I thought about that when they were singing that song. Are you ashamed of the Lord today? Here's another question. Is God ashamed of us? Are we living a life that God wants us to live? Are we the testimony that God wants us to be? Are we the lighthouse that God wants us to shine around this dark and dying world? Because everybody around you has been bitten by the serpent of sin. And we have the message. We have the right story. I think I shared this with you last time I was here. Let me share it again. A thought that God gave me many years ago when we were down the islands. Two things we've got to do. There's a lot of empty pews here. But I tell you what, I've been in churches a lot more empty pews than what you've got. So praise the Lord for that. Two things. Get the people to Jesus and get Jesus to the people. Just that simple. It's pretty easy to get Jesus to the people. You just invite them to church. Hmm? So simple. Hey, I'm Jerry and I from Merville Baptist Church. I'd like to have you come to church with us today. If you come, Brother Terry will take you out for lunch. <laughs> but getting Jesus to the people takes a little more effort, doesn't it? You need to learn some scripture. Learn how to lead somebody to the Lord. Many years ago, I was in a meeting in uh, Jamaica. I was passing charge of church there, but I was invited to another church. And there was a group from Michigan, young people from Michigan. 
that were putting on a skit at this church. I was supposed to preach after that, and the skit was real long. And the skit was, they were all dressed up in clown outfits, and they had this red nose, you know, you put that red nose on your nose, and when they, when they earned their salvation, they could put the red nose on. That's what the skit was. Salvation by works. This is a group of young people from Michigan came down there putting these skits on, and I was just getting tired by the minute. And the pastor came up to me, and I was sitting in the back. He said, listen, this has been a long skit. If you don't want to preach, you don't have to. I said, oh, yeah, I'm preaching after this. i got to correct this mess. <laughs> and I preached. It's the most professions of faith I've ever had. Seventeen people made professions of faith that night. We had so many come forward. I asked a group of young people that was from Michigan. Hope nobody here is from Michigan. <laughs> I said, if you know how to take the word of God and show somebody how to be saved, raise your hand. We need some help up here. Not one of them came. Not one of them. This Christian group putting on this skit. Not one of them came to help us. We had 17 professions of faith. Do you know how to lead somebody to the Lord? Do you know how to take the word of God and show someone how to be saved? How to be born again? You were there when it happened to you. You ought to know something about it. Amen? Listen, your next pastor, whoever it might be, whoever that might be, I pray it's the right man. You keep praying, I'll keep praying too. He can't do this alone. He has to have help. This is a team effort. And you are the team. If you, if you expect him to come in here and, and uh, knock on doors six or seven hours every day and do all this by himself, it's not going to happen. We've got to help him. Amen? I believe personal soul winning, personal evangelism is still the right way to go. That's how God uses to build a church. I believe we've got to do that. And to do that, you need to know something about the Word of God. Show someone they're saved. Only lost people get saved. You've got to get people lost. If they don't get lost, go to the next door because they're not going any farther with them. If you get somebody lost, then they can get saved. Hmm? Just take the Scriptures. Learn how to lead somebody to Christ. Lead them to the Lord. Get them in here. I can't do that, preacher. I'm not cut out for that. If B.R. Lakin said, we cut out some of the things you're doing, you might be able to. <laughs> That's just not me. I'm not good talking with the people. You don't have to talk. Let God talk through you. Just like the Christian life. You can't live the Christian life by yourself, but God can live it through you. You can't be a soul winner unless God does it through you. Being full of the Holy Spirit. I want you to go to that verse. Ephesians 5.18, I'm going to close with this. I think I'm going to close with this. <laughs> Ephesians 5.18. Everybody there? Say amen. amen. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. You know, we're in the islands, a lot of Catholics are there. We had a lot of Catholics converting on our church, and they keep, keep saying the Ten Commandments, Ten Commandments, Ten Commandments. They say the Ten Commandments. I said, listen, we're not talking about the Ten Commandments. There's almost 300 commandments in the Word of God. This is one of them right here. Be filled with the Spirit. Now go to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. Colossians chapter 3. You might want to make a chain in your Bible and write these verses down in the margin. Ephesians 5.18, Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3, verse 16. Left the word of Christ dwelling you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. But the first part of that verse, left the word of Christ dwelling you richly in all wisdom. Ephesians 5, 18 says, be full of the Spirit. 
Colossians 3, 16, to be full of the word. Are you with me so far? Go to the Gospel of John, chapter 6. That's big John, chapter 6. Verse 63, John 6, verse 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. In John 1, doesn't it tell us that he's the word? Hmm? Revelation that he's the Alpha and Omega. That's the A to Z in our language. The word was made manifest and dwelt among us. He is the word. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. What am I saying? You can't get full of the spirit of God if you're not full of the word of God. Does that make sense? When you get full of God, get full of God's word. We pray, Lord, help me be familiar with your spirit on the work, work job today. And we don't spend any time with the word of God. It's not going to happen. If we're going to obey Ephesians 5.18, we've got to obey John 6.63 and get full of the word of God. We can't do anything without God's help. We can't do anything without the fullness of God's Spirit. And that's what we're missing in churches today. I'll ask you this question to prove my point. When is the last time you prayed and asked God to fill you with His Spirit? When's the last time you did that? Confession must come first, because He won't fill a dirty vessel. God, forgive me for what I watched last night. Forgive me for what those people I hung around with shouldn't have been around them. Forgive me for the thoughts I had. Hmm? and fill me with your spirit and use me to build my church to get Jesus to the people and the people to Jesus. Brother, can you get ready with the song, the invitation song? How we doing? Full of the spirit? Confess our sins? Ask God to use us? We don't have to wait till you get a pastor in here to do this. Hmm? In Jamaica, as part of the largest church we had, our first anniversary, our first homecoming, we had 283 in attendance. I had visitation Thursday morning, Thursday night, and Saturday. If you were on one of those visitations, you didn't get up and sing in the choir Sunday. If you were on one of those visitations, you didn't teach a Sunday school class. They said, Pastor, you're mean, man, you're mean. That's the way it is. Sunday morning was ladies' visitation. Sunday evening was men's. Saturday was anybody who missed Thursday morning, Thursday night. It was the best soul winning class, soul winning church we ever had. And it caught on because they'd go out Sunday afternoon visiting in the hospitals. And we had a lot of people wonder the Lord there in that church. I believe that's the right way for today. Hmm? Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, help us. As we think about this story in Numbers 21, how simple it was just to look and behold the serpent of brass and be cured of the snake bite. How simple salvation is if somebody just believed with repentance in their heart. Help us, Lord, today to decide to make up our mind. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do as a Christian. I'm going to be a soul winner. I'm going to talk to people about the Lord. I'm going to hand out some tracts. I'm going to invite people to church. Help us, Lord. There's some here that's never tried to win somebody to God. Some here have been successful doing that, and praise the Lord for them. Help them to be leaders. Help them to be examples to other people here. Help us all to want to do what's right and serve the Lord until Jesus comes. 
God help this church guide them to select a new pastor and whoever he might be help this church to be a help to him by sending people out getting them saved and getting them back in here God that's our prayer that's our desire in Jesus name we pray amen let's stand to our feet this morning Altar's open. Hear the blessed Savior calling the oppressed. Oh, be heavy laden, under me and rest. Come along and tarry, I alone will bear. Bring me every burden, bring me every care. Go.